0: Love, talk,
1: radio. Well, welcome, welcome, everyone. This is Don Marie Alexander-Vorsico, your host of The Process 319, and we are at Faith Tuesdays, uh, Thursdays. Oh, my God, I got my days mixed up, and I'm so happy <laughs> that you have decided to join us this morning. I am so pumped about this show, not only because it's like a relaunch of, of the Process 319, but because I have a special guest, well, all my guests are special, but Stephanie has a powerful a story, and I really wanted her to share her story. For many of you who don't know, uh, there's a lot in the news these days about sex trafficking, human trafficking, coming across the border, and things that just are happening in our own towns and our own cities and what's happening to people So we want people to have hope. We want women to have hope. We want men to know how to encourage their daughters to to love their wives and to really create an environment to where women, children, and those who would be susceptible to human trafficking, to rejection and abandonment, will not have to uh, be susceptible to those roads we're going to start sharing some statistics with you guys and really want everyone to be informed but without further ado Stephanie I'm so excited to have you on thank you so much this morning for being on the show
0: oh well thank you for having me on the show I am excited as well just to
1: see what the Lord does well I know that he's going to do a a lot of great things the one thing that I want to say guys as we lead in and the the heart of both Stephanie and and I is that you really know your identity in Christ. We, We titled this show Sex Trafficking, Identity and the Lies, How to Become Your Authentic Self. One of the reasons that we, we see these things happening in our society is because people have lost their original identity. They no longer know that they're fearfully and wonderfully made in Christ. They don't understand or know that they were created with purpose and they were created with destiny and that God loves them with an everlasting love. Um, Stephanie, can you please share with us a little bit about your story? And Before we do, let me go ahead and read your, your bio because I think it has okay. a wonderful, wonderful lead-in to who you are, I'm excited to bring to you a powerful speaker with an awesome story. Her tragedy to triumph, Stephanie Johnson, has overcome pain, rejection, abandonment, but that has not stopped her from pressing through. Stephanie continues to stand against the issues of her past, the situation and people who attempted to dictate her identity and to hijack her purpose to keep her broken and living beneath the design and the destiny that God had for her life. Stephanie Johnson is the founder of two, not one, but two nonprofits. She's also an entrepreneur and a lover of all things Jesus Christ. She's a wife. She's a mom. She has three wonderful boys. I mean, can you imagine? This woman is busy. She's a founder. Uh, the, the nonprofits deal with sexual exploitation in the upstate of Southern, uh, South Carolina. She is an entrepreneur yes. at heart and is currently building a successful direct sales business all while raising her boys into men. Not this, they are talking about, but men, men of God, men that will love Jesus. She is not without her own pain, identity, crisis, and path to freedom. And she's found all of that freedom in Jesus Christ. So tell me more, Stephanie, tell us more. Well,
0: um, so as Don Marie stated, you know, I have my own uh, past of pain. And so when I was a little girl, um, I was raised in a home where both my mother and my father did not know their worst. They did not know Jesus. And um, their tactics of raising us was through abuse. So I, I have walked through physical abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, um, and sexual abuse. My sexual abuse, however, um, my memories are so distorted of that that there's no way that I can tell you who um, did the sexual abuse. I just know that it, it happened. I have the memories that it happened. But um, anyways, my memories are so distorted that I cannot label who, um, when, and where. So, I know what, but not who, when, and where. Um, So, anyways, I grew up believing that I would never amount to anything at all, that I would never become successful, that nobody would ever truly love me for me, um, that I was stupid. Um, And the reason I grew up to believe all of these things is because these were the items that were spoken over my life um, by my parents. So before I go any further, I do need to say this is not to condemn them. This is not to um, place shame or guilt on either one of them in the event that you know them or they will hear this one day. Um, this is to shine light on Jesus and how each one of us are broken in our own ways but through the love of Jesus, we can find healing, we can find freedom. It does not mean we find perfection. Um, like Don Marie um, had mentioned, I'm raising three boys to be men of God who stand on the word of God as their foundation. However, that does not mean that they are perfect either, and it is not without failures along the way. So if you are listening, um, I just feel like the Lord wants me to say to you that It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what your future is. It doesn't even matter what what yesterday held or what today is going to hold or what tomorrow is going to hold. What matters is a sold-out life to Jesus who can recognize when they are walking in sin, who can recognize when they are not being the most loving or patient mom, wife, Sister, daughter, and who can live a life of constant repentance before Him—that is what a true relationship looks like with Jesus, and that is the foundation for finding success. So, well, like well, I said, believing. Huh? Go ahead.
1: No, no, go ahead, Stephanie. You're just—you're you're, what you're saying is so powerful, and it's so on point. I'm just excited.
0: Yes, me too. So, um, anyway, so success. You know, I I truly grew up believing that I would never amount to anything or have any form of success in my life. So at age 12, um, 12, y'all, I started smoking and um, drinking um, at a friend's house. I would go spend the weekends with her. And she had an older sister who was probably early 20s, I would say. She definitely was not much older than that, but old enough to buy alcohol And it's 21 in the state of South Carolina. So she had to have at least been 21. Um, Anyway, so she would share her alcohol with me on the top of the roof of the house. So, man, 12. Y'all, 12. Like, that's how much brokenness I was walking in at the age of 12. And so later on down the road at age 15, I started really delving into um, parties. I never did any kind of hard drug, praise God. I really firmly believe that that was the Lord's protection on my life at such a young age. Um, I did drink. I did smoke. I did do pot and um, huffed gasoline. So if you are a teenager listening, please do not do those things. I would not recommend them. If you are broken and if you are in need of something to numb your pain, reach out to a counselor at your school, a teacher, some adult in your life that is trustworthy that you can talk to about
1: whatever it is you're walking through. So, anyways. Let me um, ask you a quick question real quick. I'm going to jump in real quick, Stephanie, and I want to ask a couple questions. I'm I'm reminded about what we were talking about preparing for the show. Listen to your brokenness. I mean, At that time, had you ever heard anything about Jesus? Oh, yeah,
0: girl, I grew up in the
1: church. I was in the church every Sunday and Wednesday. Yes. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me you were at a church. Now, we didn't say whether it was Bible-believing or whether it was a religion. And what we mean by that, ladies and gentlemen, is not to condemn any denomination, not to Not to condemn any denomination or condemn a church, but there are times when we we get so wrapped up into the rituals of our religion, the do's and don'ts and the this and the that, but we never bother to teach people what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and what that relationship did. In other words, what he did, why he did it, and who we are in relation to that act that he did for us on the cross. So you mean to tell me you were in church every time the doors opened and you never understood about a saving Jesus?
0: Oh, no, I understood. I understood and I said the prayer of salvation numerous times, but it was more of um, like I knew that Jesus loved me. I knew that he wanted good for me. I knew that I needed salvation, but what I thought I needed salvation for was to save me from the pit of hell. What I also knew was that if this Jesus was so good, then why was I still living in the circumstances I was living in? Right? So when you're young and it's modeled for you at home, you're in and out of the church every Sunday and Wednesday. And y'all like the people Looking back at the the elders of the church, the um, youth um, pastors of the church, like, they were great. They knew a little bit was going on, but there could have obviously been more. They could have dug more. They could have invested more. However, they were all, it was a small church. They were all busy raising their own kids and they were all trying to keep the church alive, and so they're, like, for me, I don't have any fault for anybody that served in the church. I know that they prayed for me. I know that they loved me, and I know that their prayers are the foundation of the work that God has done in me. Um, But anyway, so yes, I was in the church every Wednesday, every Sunday, grew up knowing about Jesus, but at the same time, the abuse, was so deep, the words spoken over me were so um, core-hitting that I could not see Jesus for who he was, if that makes sense. Like the full capacity it of who Christ
1: is. um So did anybody so, know what you were going through at, at church?
0: I don't know. I Obviously, I don't think that they knew the extent of it because I feel like if they would have known the extent, of what was happening they would have stepped in um, I think that they know that there was brokenness um, do I think that they n- know the full extent no um, My so at 15 I was diving into drugs my, my dad had left my mom at that point um, in our life and at that point the church really kind of stepped in and helped financially keep my mom afloat along with some other family members who did that um, but my gosh I have to be careful with what I say my mom has such a way of just not sharing her true personality with people if that makes sense and it does you know what I mean so and I didn't talk about it I was embarrassed my sister definitely did not talk about this in fact this podcast will never be something that she hopes gets out into the world Um, and my brother wouldn't have talked about it the three of us were so ridden with shame guilt fear and um a lack of confidence if you will like there was nothing that we felt that we could say that would change the direction of what we were walking through not only that but at the time of my parents divorce there was a um Y'all, like I have so many different passions in my heart. But there was a victim's at, or a guardian ad litem that was appointed to my family. And I did open up at that point. The guardian ad litem had recommended my mom and I get a counseling together. And I did open up at that point. And, y'all, the counselor believed my mom. And truly believed that everything I was saying was a lie, and that I was just a rebellious teenager. Um, that is how good my mom is with her words and with her wow. um, demeanor. Now, I've, she has fully—I will say that—as an adult woman, she has recognized her sin. She has recognized the the brokenness that she you know through on my siblings and myself and she is still in the church um i believe that she is still very broken And so if if you're listening and you feel led to pray for her, I would ask that you do that Um, because I believe that Jesus is not done with her nor her story. And I believe that the Lord wants to fully release her from her shame and her guilt that she is currently walking in. So again, none of what I say is ever meant to throw shame, guilt, or condemnation on them. It is what it is. My story is what it is. And for God to get the glory,
1: then the story needs to be spoken. Well, I want to address some of the things that you mentioned on it because I want to really unpack that because there's a lot right there in what you shared. Being in the church every Sunday and every Wednesday, people knowing but not knowing, busy with their own family, trying to keep the church going, you know, mothers, parents, kids that are able to put on this mask that prevents us, that's not the authentic self, that's not dealing with the authentic self, and here's my hurt, my pain, and I really need the healing power of Jesus. But then again, you, the the other part that says the destiny that God has for that person and where they should walk in, it's like we're walking in this fine line of these two people merging them into who God called us to be. So people are probably wondering or may wonder, what does that have to do with sex trapping? What does that mean? Well, yeah. what it means yeah. is a lot is that when you get young women and even some young boys who are experiencing this level of brokenness and somebody comes along and offers hope, sounds good, it feels good, mm-hmm. and for the moment it is good. And if you're mm-hmm. already being molested or uh, rejected and yeah. mistreated, now you're, when it flips with that person, that trafficker, it's like, well, this is normal. This is normal right. now. So it, it, it must be okay or it must be me. People, understand this. We are all living in our own little box, our own little white picket fence. How often do we step out on the other side? Not necessarily the dark side, but how often do we step out to someone who either looks different than us, whether they have a lot of money or no money? Just because a person has a lot of money or they look good doesn't mean that all things are good or that things are good. Stephanie just said, sat in front of her mom, sat in front of a counselor. No shame on her mom. Her mom walking through her process and her deliverance through the through the things of Je- through the blood of Jesus. But she was able to put that on. Imagine how young people are feeling. So Stephanie question. Yeah. In the body of Christ, what do you think for someone out there, maybe they're not the whole church, but they but they are a believer or they're a lover of people. Maybe they don't know Christ, but they have a heart to want to help people. What could be the sign? Or what could they just ask someone, do you think, that could help prevent them from being uh, led down or drawn into a either a sex trafficking situation or a negative abusive relationship that would contribute to their continued abuse?
0: Um, I mean, if I'm really honest, I don't think that there's really any one thing that anybody can say to somebody that they might, you know, be suspecting abuse is occurring just because, if they're like me, they're going to be too shameful to say anything, I think the key is building rapport. Um, and so there's a couple of things that I wanted to mention on sex trafficking that you had talked about. Um, and you you had mentioned that, you know, the abuse is kind of normal. And so when a trafficker comes in, that these women, girls, boys just kind of submit to their authority. And while that it's true in some cases, a lot of times it is not what happens. A lot of times what happens is, is you do have someone who's, you know, broken and, and honestly, not every time there's a girl in a situation where she comes out of abuse, like I did Um, in America, one of the top ways that it is seen is through relationship building. So you might have a Mm -hmm. female start building rapport with another female and this female, is going to be called um, what's called the bottom B, who simply is herself who was trafficked. And at some point she had gained the trust of her trafficker. And there is such a Stockholm syndrome in place, but also a desire of freedom. And so this bottom B will be given the trust and the reins to be able to, to start recruiting other women um, into the trafficker circle of women. Um, it is her job to, re- to build that rapport and to recruit her through the friendship, right? And then other times, it's going to look like the trafficker being a boyfriend. He's going to build that relationship with the girl. She's going to believe that that is her boyfriend and that he okay. loves her and wants what's best for her. And then over time, she is in such a place where this is her man, and she loves him, and she will do anything for him and the future of their family, including selling herself for money.
1: Um, Wow. So it's
0: not all this kidnapping situation. In fact, that's really rare that it's a kidnapping situation or that there's immediate um, abuse. There are two different types of pimps. There is the Romeo pimp, like what I was talking about with the boyfriend-girlfriend situation. And then there is, um, it's been so long since I've worked in the field. Um, I can't remember the term for the other one. Um, but anyways, the other form of the pimp is the one who immediately goes into the abuse tactics and starts breaking her psyche down and gets, gets her to engage in sexual exploitation for money. Um, so that, that leads me to the, the next thing about success. I told you all that um, I, I grew up believing that I would never amount to anything, that I would never um, have any form of success but Jesus. So in 2009 is when I finally surrendered my life to Jesus. That's when everything connected. That's when everything made sense to me. And I recognized that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is good, that he is loving, that he is our comforter, that he is our protector and our guider. And so I surrendered my life in 2009. And since then, I have Gotten a bachelor's degree in psychology with a dual specialization in crisis counseling and addiction recovery. Um, I also have founded two nonprofits, like Dom Marie had stated, one of which I can talk about, the other I cannot because it was in partnership with um, law enforcement. And to be honest, I don't even know that that one's still up and running, but I did found it and I did help run it for about a year. Um, And it deals with sex trafficking and prostitution but the one that i can tell you about also deals with sex trafficking and prostitution and it's called switch and they are in the upstate of south carolina so y'all, like, God took my brokenness, and he took all of the lack of self-worth, and he chose to use me to step out in faith, and he chose to use me to um, lay the foundational work for this fantastic organization in the upstate of South Carolina.
1: Um, I did leave and Can you spell it for respond. us real quick, Stephanie? Do what? Stephanie, can you spell it for us? Can you spell switch or uh, yeah. give us a URL to where people can get information? yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, www.switchsc.org so switch like a light switch S-W-I-T-C-H and so anyways they are still in existence I did resign in fall of 2015 Um, at that point in my life right before that actually I had started dealing with repressed memories um, and I just got to a really unhealthy space emotionally and mentally dealing with all of my abuse and all of the things that happened to me in the past and I just had to walk through um, some massive healing. So fast forward to now, I'm am in the top two percent of initial outfitters it is a direct sales company and the lord is financially blessing my family through this and also giving me the flexibility that i need to walk through the trenches of raising teenage boys into strong godly men and that is no easy feat when you look at the generational history of my family and my husband's family um we definitely are walking through some trenches, but the Lord knew that, and he released me from my duties at Switch and has given me this amazing opportunity with Initial Outfitters, and he's giving me a new platform that I believe is starting today with Don Marie.
1: Well, you know what? I am excited, Stephanie. Your your story is powerful. There's so much there, and I'm glad that you had the time that, to to share it. I know that so many people are broken, and in looking at the statistics on what's going on in the human uh, trafficking industry, in 2017 alone, uh, 1500, over 1,500 were the result of escort services. Residential inside-outside uh, solicitation was like 329. Residential was 508. Uh, uh, While not all victims reported on their reoccurring intimate partner, marriage propositions was like 711. I mean, people need to pay attention uh, to what's going on out there. People need to know their identity is in Christ, as Stephanie was sharing. Would, you, would, would it be well to say that in all of what you were doing, the drugs, the partying, that you were looking for some type of love and acceptance when you were doing those things?
0: Say that question one more time.
1: When you were doing those things, the drugs, the drinking, mm-hmm. the carousing, were you looking for some type of love or acceptance when you were engaging in those activities?
0: You know, I'm a pretty bold, confident, independent woman, so I don't know that I could look back and say that I was looking for, you know, love. Surely acceptance, but love, I'm not sure that that would be a word that I would use, but acceptance, yes. I wanted to feel accepted into a group of people, and with the brokenness that I was walking in, I didn't fit into the... A good kid crowd, you know, um, and so the quote unquote bad kids are where I found my acceptance. So,
1: yeah, I get it, I totally get it, and I'm glad you shared that because there are people who, who are in a loving family, mama, daddy, they have what they need, but there's still something within them that causes them to feel some type of brokenness. That's ultimately all of this, guys affects your identity and who you are in Christ and how you see yourself. So one thing that Stephanie and I want you guys to know is that you are loved and you you do belong in the family of God. It doesn't matter about your past. It doesn't matter about your present because God already sees and knows the future that he has for you. And it's not for calamity. It's a future. There's a hope and he loves you with an everlasting love. He knew you before you were formed, ever in your mother's womb. Stephanie and I are definitely going to have to continue this conversation. But before we do, we're going to have to plan another day. If you guys like that, please message myself, message Stephanie. If you know anyone that's going through any type of sex trafficking issue, if you need to get help, You can call a a sex trafficking hotline at 888-373-7888, 888-373-7888. Let them know what's going on. Talk to them about a family member. Begin to ask people around you, hey, how are you doing? Don't just get into the elevator. Don't just assume that people are fine. Share the love. Share the kindness. Share the gratitude that you've been given. But Stephanie is stepping back out there again as she said. And she has created a um not a platform, but a fundraiser to help people, young and, and children in need. Can you we have about three minutes left, Stephanie, can you tell us about that and where can people go to support your efforts and what you're doing to help these children?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So in my personal community, I feel like the Lord is calling me to get back out into the streets. So one of the things that I did with Switch, the organization I had started, was I did street outreach. And so basically I went to the areas of our community where there is known homelessness as well as prostitution. And I reached out to these specifically women in that season of life and offered them You know, guidance and community services and just a friendship, y'all, honestly, a friendship. And so I feel like the Lord wants me to go back out into our community, but this time work with the entire population of homelessness, whether that is someone living directly on the streets in the areas of town where there's known homelessness or whether that's those hotel areas where prostitution is known to take place because my three passions are sex trafficking, mental health, as well as addiction. And so all three of those can be found in that population. Anyways, so I'm taking out lunch boxes that can be sponsored for $25 each that will have snacks, food, water, and community resources in them that I will be giving out to people in that population. And if you are interested in learning more, You can contact me, and my contact information is on my Initial Outfitters website, and that is www.initialoutfitters.net backslash Stephanie Marie.
1: Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Please, guys, go and support her efforts for the homeless. Go and support her efforts to help other people have what we're so blessed with. Stephanie, I am so excited that you were on today. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much for encouraging others. I'm going to pray us out, and then we're going to have a great day. Feel free to share this to those that you feel needed. Father God, we thank you for all those that were listening. I pray that you get all the glory, honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen.